welcome each one of you to Unity Presbyterian Church. I'm Pastor Mark Wright, and we're gathered here today in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to remember the life of Sandra Riddle, to find comfort, consolation from the Lord and His Word, and to uh, seek Him. Psalm 124.8 says, Our help is in the name of the Lord who made heaven and earth. Psalm 46, 1, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Deuteronomy 33, 27, the eternal God is your refuge and underneath are the everlasting arms. Revelation says, I heard a voice from heaven saying to me, write, blessed are the dead who die in the Lord from now on. Yes, says the spirit that they may rest from their labors and their works follow them. Let us pray. Our gracious God, <clears throat> our Father in heaven, we thank you that we can call you Father as we come to you in Jesus' name. By faith in him, we are the children of God. And Lord, we come to you with all our needs, with all our sorrows, with all our concerns and burdens, and you Lord, tell us to do that, to come boldly before the throne of grace, to find help in time of need. You tell us to cast all your cares upon you because you care for us. And we thank you that you will sustain us, and I pray especially for this family today, that you will sustain them, encourage them, and hold them up so that they know that you are their God and that you are faithful and will be ever-present with them, even Lord, to the end of the age, and that you will never leave them or forsake them. As we remember Sandra today, we do grieve, Lord, to think that we'll not be able to see her, to hear her, to talk with her, to be with her. But, Lord, we thank you that she's with you. And we pray that this service, Lord, would uh, cause us to draw near to God, and your promise is that you will draw near to us. And we pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. If you would uh, take the insert uh, to your bulletin, your handout, and we're going to stand and sing uh, Consider the Lilies. <clears throat>
you. You may be seated. This time I would like to ask Ms. Mrs. Linda Patel if she would come up front and share a few words. Linda has been Sandra's caregiver over the past many months, and so she got to know Sandra well, and we're very thankful for her. So come on up. Good morning, good afternoon. This is hard. This is harder than anything I do. <laughs> what I'd like to share from my heart is that when I think of Miss Sandra, I think of the word grace. And, and that's the honest truth when I think of her because I watched her and with her oxygen can you imagine 24-7? And though it irritated her, she never complained. She never said, why? Why, God? She never. She was just radiant. I think of her with that face and her smile. Grace is what came to my heart. And this morning, I said to my husband, I said, you know, hon, I said the verse, bless the Lord, O my soul. Bless all that is within me. Bless his holy name. And when I think of that, and it kept coming to me, and I said, that's what she lived within her. She blessed the Lord with all her soul. She never complained. What a family. What an amazing family. What a daughter. I am so honored. I am so honored and so thankful that God directed me to this family, her granddaughter, the son, Craig, as Thursday night as he sat there and he held his grandma's hand for hours, hours, and I knew he was praying. I knew because he just, and Megan was constantly, the, the family, she was so surrounded by love, so much love, and, and love, when you have love, you have everything. God loved the world so much he gave us his son. You know, love, love is an actual word. Love is, love is something that you give away. And when you can give love away, that is the most beautiful thing you could ever give anyone. We all need to be loved. And Miss Sandra loved. I'm so grateful. The one thing I wanted to share, too, that this past summer, we had the opportunity to go to her sister's home. And as we would sit and have our coffee, she was my coffee buddy. I thought I enjoyed coffee. Well, we would say she'd want to talk to her sister. So we would FaceTime Janice. And it was so good. FaceTime is such a beautiful, beautiful thing. And we had the opportunity to go there for a week. And one night, she got up. I was there, we were in there, and I was, we were sleeping there in the bed. And she got up, and it was like, had to be 3 o'clock in the morning. And I was so hungry. And I followed her out to the kitchen, and I said, Miss Sandra, I'm hungry. And she was hungry. So I said, can I make us a cup of coffee? So I made us a cup of coffee and some toast. And I don't know what she said, but she had me laughing. And I said, we're going to wake up the whole house. But that was our little, it was those little times like that that I always will treasure and carry with me. And anything 
that this woman desired, her daughter and Buddy, they made sure. I don't care what want she had it, it was there. That day or the next day, she was having whatever she craved or desired. And I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful for the love that was given to her, how that love just surrounded her. And the night before, it was a Thursday night when we were all around her, the grandchildren were there, and then Friday night, and she was holding on, she was holding on, and then we were, you know, everyone, Megan, everybody was fixing the house because the family was coming, and something, I just stopped, and something just sit, sit with her and read some scriptures to her. So I began reading, and it just so happened, it was Psalm 103 and Psalm 100, and then we went to John 14, God, God, in the word it says that he, he is going to prepare a place for us, right? Well, I forgot that was there. But as I'm reading, there it is. For I have gone to prepare a place for you. And we read those psalms, prayed. Angela was there and Megan. Megan was always there. And I finished. And I had gotten a call from my granddaughter, FaceTime. So I said to the family, I'm going to take this outside. And while I went outside, it was during that interval that the Lord, the angels came and took Miss Sandra home. But you know, she's home now with Jesus and no more machines. She's totally whole. And I saw that in my spirit. She is so free. And I, I felt that joy. If you know him, you know that you don't have to be afraid. You know, so I just want to thank the family with all my heart and my soul for allowing me the honor to serve her and to get to know her because you have to spend time with someone just like to know the Lord. If you don't spend time, you really can't get to know him. You have to spend time in the word to know him. So God bless you all and thank you for this opportunity. Thank you. First, I want to thank you all for coming today. It means a lot to each of us to have each of you here to help celebrate Mom's life. I was thinking about how best to describe Mom, and one of our dear friends, um, when, I, when I called to let him know that she had passed, summed it up pretty well. He said that she was a colorful character. As I thought back over her life and what I experienced, as well as all the stories before I came along, it dawned on me, in thinking back of all her escapades, I'm kind of surprised she was never arrested. <laughs> um, I, I think I would know, maybe, but there are some apparently secrets in the family. I still don't know, so I don't know. Well, maybe it'll come out at some point. But she usually knew what she wanted, and she wasn't afraid to go after it, no matter if it was picking cotton on the side of the road standing on the roof of her car on Main Street to get a cutting or even dumpster diving. But those are whole other stories. She loved people and she knew how to have fun. 
She always wanted her family and friends around her. Many times um, there was a crowd of us at the beach. There were people sleeping on the kitchen floor, out on the porch, basically any surface you could find to stretch out. She went camping years and years, and it was always with the crowd. And that's a whole other set of stories, too. There were perms given, ears pierced, lots of card playing, and all kinds of shenanigans. Never dull. There were intense games of canasta, spoons, people usually rolling around in the floor, her included, and about anything else you could think of. Even when she went to Shelley's um, and Janice's for that week that Linda was talking about um, and was sick and confusion off and on, she still played a mean bank game of Scrabble and beat a couple of them. Um, we always had loads of fun. I have many happy memories of camping, beach trips, and other adventures. And most of you all know how talented Mom was. She had many gifts. One of her best was her creativity. She could make the most out of nothing of anyone I ever saw. Growing up, even in high school, she made many of my clothes. My friends would show up with the latest and greatest fashion, and Mom would take a close look at it, go downstairs to her sewing machine, create a pattern, and in a couple of days, I'd have an outfit. Um, and usually of all the supplies she already had on, on hand. My friends, though, finally called on to what she was doing, and when she started coming towards them to kind of check it out, they'd take off the other direction. They didn't appreciate it as much as I did. She was a crafter extraordinaire. She used her talents for several years creating things for holiday fair and donated all of her money that she had worked all year long for to missions, which she was passionate about. Most of you all are aware of our artistic talents, and as you can see from some of the work displayed, basically anything she decided to do, she did it, and she did it well. She was also the strongest woman I've ever known. And yes, she was strong-willed, and yes, I get it honest. Sometimes I don't know how Dad put up with the two of us. It was probably like living with four women or girls instead of two. Most of her strength, though, came from her deep faith and love for Jesus. She grew up in the church, but she didn't get saved until later. And actually, she and I were saved on the same weekend at a special conference at church. And I was eight years old at the time. I've been very privileged to grow up in a strong Christian home and saw both parents live out their faith daily. She taught me the importance of prayer. I remember once that when I was young that due to my allergies, I couldn't have a cat inside, which broke my heart. So I started praying for one. After about the fifth or sixth cat showed up at our door, Mama looked at me, hands on her hips, head cocked. She said, have you been praying for cats? I'm like, yes, ma'am. She said, I think you can stop now. We have plenty. Um, she couldn't argue with it, and it wasn't an unusual conversation. I learned because she and Dad taught me to take my concerns, cares, and requests to the Lord with the expectation that those prayers would be heard and answered if in the Lord's will. She and Dad both taught me to trust in the Lord always. She also taught me how to be a caregiver. She always encouraged me to go after my dreams, but to pray for the Lord's guidance to shape those dreams and make sure it was within his will. 
I can't begin to tell you all the things she taught me and how rich my life has been because of her. One of the things I found in her Bible as I was going through it, and it kind of sums her up pretty well, it says, a truly happy person is one who can enjoy the scenery while on the detour. And if you know Mom, you've heard about her illustrious detours. I'll always miss her, but I'm comforted by the fact that I will see both her and Daddy again when I go home. There's no doubt in my mind that when she met Jesus Friday night, she heard the Lord say, Well done, thy good and faithful servant. One of their former pastors, um, Reverend Ed McLurkin, is, lives in Wisconsin, could not make it, but he wrote just a few words that I will read. And Ed said that Sandra Riddle is and always will be one of the most memorable, colorful, and delightful women I have had the privilege to have known. When I moved to Greenville fresh out of seminary, she and Earl were among those who very graciously welcomed a wayward Yankee an inexperienced pastor into their family. I learned volumes from both of them. I will never forget Sandra's indelible smile and impressible laugh. And I will always remember her awareness of the needs of others along the kindness and generosity among along with the kindness and generosity of spirit she demonstrated time and again. I loved her quirkiness, could rarely follow her logic but appreciated how she often came to the right conclusions in her own unique way. She possessed an indefatigable, indefatigable spirit and a great passion for life. I still love to tell the occasional story about her prophetic gift of, quote, second sight. My wife Barb and I still laugh about the time when Barb found out she was pregnant with our first daughter. Barb had only just done the home test that Sunday morning, and we hadn't told anybody yet. As we were getting out of the, our car to go into the church, Sandra, who was also in the parking lot, turned to us and said, I just heard a baby crying. Are you pregnant? Such was life with Sandra. She will always be much loved and greatly missed. Well, I'm thankful, too, to have known uh, Sandra, and uh, she was one of a kind. Uh, she was feisty. She was funny. She was friendly. Uh, she was godly. She was caring. And she ministered and served the Lord. I've never met anyone that had the compassion uh, that Sandra had for people, especially the down and out. Uh, they ministered, she and Earl together, uh, ministered to the homeless, to drug addicts, visited countless families in crisis, praying with them, counseling with them. She and Earl together helped start two churches. And uh, as far as her part in, in the church here at Unity, she and Earl, when they first came, they wanted immediately to go out knocking on doors, which we did together, and that was a, a really good experience with them, and and uh, she was a prayer warrior, faithful part of Wednesday nights, and uh, church was a huge part uh, in her life. She was born in Orangeburg, and yes, she did live in Charleston for a little while before moving to Asheville, where uh, she and Earl went to high school together. And, of course, Sandra was a very social person. Uh, she went out on plenty of dates in high school. She dated Earl some, but um, even when she didn't go out with Earl, sometimes, well, 
her dad liked Earl the best, and so Earl became fast friends with him, and she would go out on a date and come, come home, and there Earl would be helping her father on some project. So uh, eventually he won her heart, and they got married November 25th, 1961, married for 56 years. I remember taking the uh, concealed weapons permit training class with Sandra and the rest of the family and uh, watching her uh, pull out the little Beretta pistol she had and fill that little silhouette target with holes. And uh, she never thankfully had to pull that little pistol out of her purse, but uh, she did have to pull out a shotgun one night in the middle of the night with an intruder uh, that came to the door. Earl had gone out on a call uh, in service call late that night, and when he came home, he thought it would be a little funny to just, you know, scratch on the door and give her a little fright. Uh, but things reversed right quick when she came to the door with a shotgun, opened it, pointed right at him, finger on the trigger. I don't think Earl found that too funny, I'm sure. But uh, other than almost shooting him once, Sandra was by his side all the time in ministry. But not only in ministry, but in manual labor, uh, repairing things and such. And one night they were under a house doing some plumbing work, and she was holding a pipe, but she saw a black snake. And, of course, first thing you want to do is to drop the pipe and run, uh, get out of there. And Earl told her, whatever you do, don't let go of that pipe. And uh, <laughs> so they had a lot of fun together. And, uh, you know, uh, Buddy was telling me, uh, I guess it was Friday night, or no, I mean Sunday night, uh, and and he was saying that you know it took Sandra a long time to to warm up to him and to to really like him. They dated for six years. She still didn't really care for him. <laughs> Got married a few years, you know, it took a couple more years, and finally she warmed up to him. And then towards the end, uh, they were fast friends. And of course, Buddy was up in the middle of the night with her every night. And uh, she wouldn't even take medicine uh, unless Buddy gave it to her at the end. Well, so much more you could say about Sandra, her creativity. I do want to say how much I appreciate the uh, flower arrangements she used to do for the church. I, did, I don't appreci didn't appreciate them as much then as I do now since my wife's a flower farmer. And I realize how amazing her arrangements were. But family, I want to say this. Family was very important to Sandra, and if you're in the family, you know that, and that she was like glue holding and pulling everyone together. And uh, I know she would want y'all to keep that closeness in the family if you can. Uh, uh, certainly, that's what we all hope for as parents, and uh, that our children will stay close and our families will be close. But you know, she took a lot of people into her home, an aunt and an uncle, her mother, um, nurse and a brother, I think, nursing them to their life's end. So it was only fitting that Buddy and Angela took her in uh, and cared for her until she breathed her last. And we are truly going to miss Miss Sandra Riddle.
want to read a few scriptures that were some of Sandra's favorite passages that she had written down and highlighted in her Bible. She had a well-worn Bible and she loved God's Word. First scripture has to do with God's faithfulness and it comes from Lamentations chapter 3. This I recall to mind, therefore I have hope. Through the Lord's mercies we are not consumed because His compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The prophet Jeremiah wrote those words and he's known as the weeping prophet because his people had been in exile and uh, he wept over their sins and over the hard times that they had to go through. And, And though times were tough living in exile and then coming back to not much of anything, when they came back to the land, uh, Jeremiah had hope for the future. Do you have such a hope this afternoon? Do you have hope uh, for your future? The immediate future, but also your eternal future. Jeremiah had hope when he remembered who God was. See, that's where hope comes from. It comes from God and his throne, his heavenly throne. He realized that God is a merciful God. Through the Lord's mercies, we're not consumed. His compassions fail not. So mercy is is God's pity on us miserable sinners and the miseries of this life. And God is full of compassion. He is many things, but he is a compassionate God. And he cares. And he will show compassion and mercy to those who humble themselves underneath the burdens that come to them in life. We can respond to our trials and our hardships in lots of different ways. But Peter said in 1 Peter 5, 6, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God. You see, everything that takes place that comes to pass in your life comes from the hand of God's providence. And so if we humble ourselves, it says in due time, he will exalt us. He will lift us up. And so uh, Jeremiah also had hope when he considered another attribute of God, his faithfulness. Great is your faithfulness. And so in our time of need, in the darkest hour, God is faithful. Times of uncertainty, there is one thing you can count on, uh, that God is there, that he is faithful, and that he doesn't change. He is Uh, immutable. He does not change. He is faithful to who he is, faithful to his word, faithful to his covenant, faithful to his people, faithful to those who call upon him. It says anyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. God will be faithful to that promise if you call on the Lord from a sincere heart. And uh, remember that uh, God uh, wants you to pray. He wants you to come boldly to the throne of grace and to count on those promises, to take the promises of God and make them your own through prayer, claiming those promises uh, in prayer. Secondly, I want to read a portion of Scripture that has to do with trusting God with your worries and your fears. And and Sandra wrote the following verses from Matthew 6, uh, 28 uh, and following. Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin, and yet I say to you that even Solomon in all his glory 
was not arrayed like one of these. Now, if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore, do not worry, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For after all these things the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Therefore do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Sandra, like most of us, uh, would worry on occasion. Uh, From time to time, we're all anxious. But Sandra looked to scriptures like this one. The reason she wrote these kinds of passages down, another was Philippians 4, uh, 6 and 7. Don't worry about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication, make your requests with thanksgiving made known to God. And the peace of God which passes all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds. And so uh, she knew uh, that she needed these passages to remind her that God was her heavenly Father and that he would take care of her. He took care of the flowers of the field. He took care of the birds of the air. Certainly, because God was her Father, he would take care of her. There was no need to worry. Are you worried about something today? Does your mind, even in this service, Uh, wander back to some problem you are facing right now. And there's all kinds of problems that we do have in life. But the greatest problem that we have in life, and if we're honest, we know, is our own sinfulness. And sin separates us from God and from the assurance of his loving care. And if you want to be free free from worry, the first thing you have to do is receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior And then you can go to your heavenly Father. Jesus said, no one comes to the Father but by me. So you have to come to Jesus first, receive him, and then you can cast all your cares on him, knowing that he does care deeply for you. And he must have first place in your life. Jesus said, seek first the kingdom of God. And if you want to overcome anxiety, in other words, the Lord can't just be a part of your life. He needs to be your life. He needs to have first place in your life. And you say, why do I worry so much? Why am I so anxious? Maybe because Christ is not Lord. Well, Paul put it this way. He said, to me, to live is Christ and to die is gain. If you have Jesus and he's your Lord, uh, then there's nothing to fear, nothing to worry about. Not death or anything else. Uh, You'll be able to say with the psalmist in Psalm 27, verse 1, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? One final scripture that has to do, uh, that Sandra shared, was about the power of God. Jeremiah 32, 17 says, Lord God, behold, you have made the heavens and the earth by your great power and outstretched arm. There is nothing too hard for you. Jeremiah uttered that at the very beginning of a prayer that's recorded in that chapter. And at the very end of the prayer, he ended it with these words, Behold, I am the Lord God, the God of all flesh. Is there anything too hard for me? Sandra had a faith that believed that God could do anything. And 
you should have that kind of faith too. I should have that kind of faith as well because he's the almighty. He's the most high God. He's the creator. If, if God created all things, as Genesis 1.1 says, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. If he created the heavens and the earth, he also has the power to destroy the heavens and the earth. If God created you, he gave you life and breath, he made you in his own image, uh, he can just as easily and will one day take that life back, the life that he gave. Job said the Lord gave and the Lord has taken away. He has the right to do both. He has the power to do both. But he concluded, after saying that, he said, blessed be the name of the Lord. We need to acknowledge that God has the power and the right uh, to condemn us. On the one hand, we deserve it. But on the other hand, he has the power to save us and to deliver us, to take care of everything uh, that we face in life, whether it's the evil and uncertain times that we face or the diseases of COVID or cancer or whatever it may be. We need to remember God's great power. And we need to learn to fear him in the proper sense of that word. As Matthew 10:28 says, Do not fear those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. Rather, fear him who is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. So God is to be feared because of his power and his right to judge us, to give and to take away life. But we also need to remember his power to save those who believe. And Linda alluded to this, John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And so God's a mighty God. He's powerful and mighty to save. And really his work of redemption, of salvation, is even greater than his work of creation. It's a new creation. And Jesus said, you must be born again. And if you're in Christ, anyone is in Christ, they are a new creation. So I would urge you today to put your life into the hands of Jesus Christ, to entrust your soul to him, to trust him as Lord and Savior. And you don't have to fear the future. You can look forward to the future. And you can rejoice no matter what comes. You know, the reason we can have everlasting life is because Jesus died on the cross to pay the penalty for our sins and that he also rose again from the dead. He's coming again. We also know that. Because he died, I will not die. Jesus said, whoever lives and believes in me shall not die but live forever. And because he lives... I will live forever. Because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Because he lives, I can face eternity. Because he lives, I'm alive in Christ. Sandra was alive in Christ. She's still alive in Christ. She's not dead. She's more alive than she's ever been. We're going to sing now the hymn on the flip side of the page in your handout. Because he lives. So if you would take that, uh, we'll do our best to sing praise to the Lord.
Father, we thank you for the privilege of worshiping you, of knowing Jesus Christ, your only begotten Son, and to know you, the living God. We ask, Lord, your blessing be upon your people. Blessing be upon this family. And may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, the Father, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. Amen. We'll be dismissed uh, to the graveside. Those who are planning to come, there will be a procession. Just get in line and hopefully we'll uh, make it to uh, Graceland East in Simpsonville. Thank you.